0: This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.
1: Shooter ready, stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product
2: reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here
1: we go. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM
2: 1170. The answer.
1: All right. Hey, attention, California residents. Gun laws are changing across the country. And the recent SCOTUS ruling affirms your right to carry a concealed firearm. So now, more than ever, it's critical you know your California gun laws. That's why U.S. Concealed Carry Association exists, to help uh, you know keep you responsible americans up to date with education and training visit com slash g-o-r to learn more about california gun laws and getting your concealed carry permit that's com slash g-o-r for the most up-to-date california gun law information act now so alicia welcome yes, to the full-blown co-host uh Position.
3: Trial by fire.
1: Geez, nice job! <laughs> Only two shows, three shows, and she's already got the whole show. It's amazing. So you've got some, you've got some reviews, I understand, coming up.
3: Correct, I do. What are you going to do? Uh, we're actually going to be talking about uh, a tactical belt.
1: Okay, and it's for just everyday use. Or it just... can
3: be. They actually have a lot of variations and options. Okay,
1: all right. So other than that, let's see. Are they putting you on the spot? Uh, no, but it's interesting when we were doing the Off-Road Show. The, I don't know. Are you aware of 2571? Uh, it's a bill? In the, no. Exact it's to not allow companies to advertise to minors oh. about weapons.
3: Okay. Yeah. I'm I aware of that. Yeah. I was not aware of the number associated with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'd yeah. lucky if I hadn't mm-hmm. wrote it down. Right. We would have never know. So here's big corporate or big, I mean, government. Telling these companies not to allow these companies to advertise so the kids could get good training and good product and learn how to fire a gun is basically what it amounts to. Does that right. make sense?
3: It does. And you, you know what is actually happening with that? It's just forcing these, these training companies to get a little bit more creative with their wording. Right. It's not actually changing the structure or the foundation of what they're doing.
1: Right. Because they can't touch that. Correct. You know, but if they, you know, the government seems to want to make it as hard as they can make it, you know, to keep these types of things from happening. Right. if they would just do what they should do, it would make things so much easier. So, other than that. It's, it's right
3: up there with uh, what they're trying to do with the, the ARs. They're just forcing consumers and gun owners to just get a little bit more creative with the uh, the structure of their ARs. They're yeah. not actually stopping.
1: Well, you're exactly right. You know, I mean, it's it's it, it doesn't make it. Maybe it's the easiest route, but they used to go after criminals. That's the part that kind of been a major change they used to go after criminals and i'm not saying gun you know i mean gun ownership for for folks like you and i they're the we're just easy targets and that's what that amounts to Correct. because it's too hard to catch a crook and the crooks know it and but we got yeah i know we can talk we can beat this one to to absolutely
4: death um Did you hear the uh, uh, news about uh, if you buy a gun or ammunition with a credit card? Now the government will track you down or track that with you too as well. I think we've already known that, or if not, we've suspected it, right? I I think so. Yeah, but it's I don't know any. So are they trying to catch criminals now who are stealing people's identities and now stealing guns at the same time? Because it's kind of confusing to me what will that prove exactly in the end. So Well, they already more,
3: require a background with it, so right. they're exactly. already going to have right. that info to know.
4: So yeah, that's even see, more of a limitation for gun owners on top of that. Well, so. you
1: got to remember, everybody knows when you use a credit card where you're at and what you're buying.
4: Mm-hmm. So
1: that just goes into a database. Yep. Right. You know, And I think it's, it's just collecting information, and if they need it, let's say... You shoot somebody at a Seven Eleven, and it's two blocks from a gun store, and their records show you bought a gun from that store. Then that's you know tightens the circle, so to speak, of the hunt. Yeah,
3: so. I wonder if it circumvents if it allows them to get access to that information much more quickly or with less back end work than it would be for them to go into process and find out when backgrounds were done. You yeah. know what I mean? The, 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 that yeah. processing system might be easier for them to access.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, well, you know, we're just going to have to you know, wait and see. Let me see. Who else do we got? We got some people calling in.
3: We do. We have two. Who we got? A little preview. We have David Humane e. from the Sociology of Gun Owners. wrote the Ratchet Review. We also have Amanda Sufcool with the NRA board. And that's then, of course, cool. Sam the Gunman later on. Yeah,
1: so it's going to be a good show. Um, anything exciting roll into uh, Discount mm. last week? I mean, any any cool guns? Any? any- there was
3: a Colt Python. Someone had their eye on that's still there.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Not anybody I know. I hope.
3: No. Okay. Not sure. likely.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Action Jackson, what are you doing down there?
2: Nothing much.
1: What are those little guys?
2: Uh, they're little Lego minifigs.
1: Oh uh, yeah, looks just like Michael Shorts. Uh. Well, actually, you've got to put a little dough around it, but. You know, She's
3: got some with some really cool tactical pants.
1: Yeah, hey, even yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, I've decided you're not Jackson anymore. You're Hollywood. What did I uh, see you on Instagram trying to beat some guy up?
2: No, but that was me at uh, practice.
1: I seen you hit that guy. That's pretty good. That's a that little arm that you use. Elbow. Yeah, you did pretty. Did you see that on Instagram? I uh,
2: not yet. No, I need ah,
1: to check it out. That was pretty good. Did you surprise him, or was that yeah. just training?
2: It was just training.
1: Yeah. So you didn't get to really knock him on his butt?
2: I wish.
1: I know I've got a
2: padded suit, Jackson.
1: Yeah. Are you is that what you're is that what you're working for? To someday just one good punch. Yep. Yeah. I don't believe you been shooting anything lately.
2: Actually not. I was gonna go to shooting practice, but it was like hundred and fourteen at that
1: day. Yeah. <sighs> <Man. laughs> I told you know, you man after my own heart. Anything above eighty degrees, I ain't going nowhere, right? Yeah. Unless you're going in a pool.
2: Yeah, if it's a pool, anytime.
1: Anytime, you like, yeah. I notice you like pools. All the way across the United States, you were in a pool. How many pools did you swim in when you came cross country? Do you remember? It was quite a few. You notice I follow you on Instagram, so.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah. It felt like almost around. Twelve, yeah, pools.
1: mom. Am I right? Pretty close. Yeah, Waffle House and swimming pools.
3: Pretty awesome. It's not baby. much to
1: keep you happy. Of course, I noticed yeah. you had some really nice drinks with you, some sodas or some. So yeah, you, did you enjoy that trip? Here's a here's a guy, what nine ten years old, and you just eight. how many times have you driven cross country? Would you say? Yeah, I know. Four. Ma- Mom's got eight. Isn't that Can you imagine to be how, how well adjusted you'd have to be to go across country, you know that many times. Pretty neat kid. Yeah, probably works the first time with the family. Second time's questionable. Third time, I ain't going. <laughs> yeah, but you and your mom and your dad, you guys always have fun, huh? Yeah. Hey, I understand Simmy gave him a boat. Huh? I heard your dad got a boat. Isn't he in charge of some big boat? Yeah. Yeah. How's that? we gave we your gave. dad a boat. How nice. You know, we're the taxpayers. Just wanted you to know we still write checks and so we gave your dad a boat. So you're going to go get on it? Uh yeah. That's what. A couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh yeah, like 5ish yeah. weeks.
1: Is he going to bring bl- is he going to bring it take it drive it down here to San Diego so we can all see it?
2: Well, let's hope so.
1: Well, we'll just have to Who's his boss? Uh, oh, that'd be the president. That won't work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, hey, we're going to take
1: a quick break. We come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM
2: 1170.
5: The
1: answer. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM
2: 1170.
1: The answer. You're going to make him read it?
3: Absolutely.
2: For for this next segment, we have a really cool guest, Amanda Suffolk-Cool. She's running for for the NRA Board of Directors.
1: All right, but first, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, that you uh, need to call California Firearms Lawyer John Dillon especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws, 760-642-7150, or just go to his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right. I'll let you introduce our guests.
3: All right, so today we have with us, we have Amanda Sufkul. She is running for the NRA Board of Directors.
1: Well, hello, Amanda. How are you today?
6: I am great. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. So it was really good to uh, have you on board. And so the Society of Guns and Non-Traditional Groups, kind of give us a little you know, idea of what that's all about.
6: Society of Guns and the, uh, that's not my group.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong sheet. <laughs> well, you guys switched it up.
6: interesting, but it's I, not my group. i um I'm involved with the d c project gosh. and um and a not-for-profit called Realized Firearms Awareness. And I have a nationally syndicated radio show, and I'm running for the board of directors of the NRA. so so,
3: so Amanda. We can talk about
5: on one of those. Yeah, so well ad, what I,
3: yeah. You know, she actually ad-libbed the actually first bullet point that we were actually going to ask of her. So, Amanda, what Dave was supposed to ask of you is just to give a quick intro for listeners that might not have heard you on all of your previous visits here to the show.
6: <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a little bit of all that, and um, and I do the conceal carry fashion shows kind of across the country. So, so I kind of kind of play in guns a little bit, a little bit everywhere
1: that's 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 yeah that's amazing well sorry for the snafu so okay. i
6: get
2: it i get it well you know? they
1: they did a last minute page change so it caught me off guard so but still let's talk a little bit about um being on a board of directors because nobody really i mean what does a board of director do at, at with the nra I mean, well
6: that's that's going to be that's an interesting thing i mean I can't tell you everything that the board of directors does because I'm not on it. Um, so let me give you the the backstory of kind of where where I am and why I want to be on it. So I am um, well, I've been a life member of the NRA for I don't know a gazillion years, something something like that, and I am a just freshly retired engineer in the aerospace industry, and so now I have time. And so there's a spot where you look at it saying, what do you do with the rest of your life when you now don't have to go to work 40 hours a week? And Second Amendment is my love. So the, so the real thing is, is who is the elephant in the room, and the NRA is it. You know, there's the NRA and the work that they do, Firearms Policy Coalition, the Second Amendment Foundation, Gun Owners of America. I mean, there's names, and, and those names are doing amazing things. But no matter how amazing that stuff is, none of them compare in size and scope and just overall strength to what the NRA is and what the NRA has to offer. And so when you're looking at it going, okay, what are you going to do? I want to be an asset, and I want to help in steering where the NRA goes for the next hundred years. And um and so that's that's kind of a, a piece of it is to look at it and say that there the board of directors for the NRA is seventy six members. It sounds like a huge board. They they rotate out twenty five members every year. Mm. And um but when you really look at what all do they do, some of them are instructors, and so training is their area of expertise. Some of them are business owners, and so they, so they get that piece of it. Some of them are notable names that it's just the PR portion and fundraising and, and the support for the NRA. So when you break it down that way, you know, it's, everybody's got a, a slot, and so there's, it's not as huge a board. When you look at everybody's different wheelhouses
1: right exactly. so is this an, uh, how, how do you go about it? Do you, are you voted on by the NRA or how does that work?
5: Yeah, so
6: what happens is that every year they there is an election for for one third of the board of directors. and so there's two ways to get on the board or get on the ballot. I'm sorry. There's two ways to get on the ballot, and one of them is to get on the ballot by going through and having the nominating committee look at you and say, yep, I will nominate this person to be on the ballot. The other is to do it by petition, and so the petition folks do it in in a... they have to have a certain percentage of signatures of the voters who voted last year, Mm -hmm. and so they have to go find life members or members who have been a member for five years or more, because they don't want people to sign up for the NRA and then vote in a manner to where they could sway an election. So you have to have kind of some skin in the game, all right. um, which makes it harder when you're trying to find people to vote or people to do the petition, because you're like, okay, are you a member of the NRA? Are you a life member of the NRA? Have you been a member for this long? You know, and so you're asking all these questions of them. But it, it's there's a reason.
1: But you got to ask a lot up ahead before you ask that question because they're going to wonder what are you asking all these questions for?
6: Right. What do you, yeah? What do you do and what? So I so I went and I went through the um, nominating committee. Mm-hmm. So I sent in my packet of information and I actually have sent my packet of information into the nominating committee like three or four years in a row, and this is the year that they finally decided that. Wow. This nominating committee, because every year it's a different group of people right. um, decided that maybe I was somebody that would be a, a good candidate. Yeah. So um,
1: Alicia, Alicia did you have a question?
6: I do I do so yeah, I <laughs> was
3: just
5: you, I was just listening to her give her a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a
3: little bit of is very specific, not so much mm-hmm. to her, to your your involvement with the NRA, but actually more just in the... Gun world in general. I was curious, has the the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin case oh, yeah. affected anything in the by way of laws or just any any circumstances in your state.
6: Um, it Ohio was not because that's my home state is Ohio. Um, Ohio has not really yet been impacted by the Bruin case, but let me tell you, it's coming. Oh yeah. Um, when you when you really look at it. I honestly believe, and you guys tell me what you think, I honestly believe that uh, they're going to call into question the 1934 Gun Control Act, the NFA. They're going to call into, control, into question the 1968 serialization, the ATF, the, mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole thing. I mean, right now Firearms Policy Coalition has got lawsuits in almost all of the district courts about 18 to 21-year-olds. But, and they're using Bruin as as a baseline. But there's nothing in the law in the first place that says that the line is really eighteen year olds.
1: Exactly. Are you familiar? There's a course. You're in. Where'd you say you're at? You're in Ohio. Ohio. Mm
6: -hmm. Well, here
1: in California, they've got a law on the books which are trying to get it on. It's on the governor's desk, twenty-five seventy-one, and it's to not allow anybody sell any products to kids that has anything to do with guns so all the shotgun clubs can't have advertisers all of the, yeah. the pheasant club did you hear about that out here
6: yeah i i've seen it and then i because i've um i've got some friends who are in california who are like look i i have been offering training to juveniles right and i can't so i can't even teach gun safety right to kids because of the way that this law is written i believe that i believe that bruin so I believe that, that one of the things we're going to see is a lot of, um, let's just call it the alligator death roll, you know, where they're thrashing and making noise and doing all this kind of stuff, but they're in trouble and they know they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And the gun grabbers are, are looking at every different way that they can come oh, about yeah. this to see if anything's going to stick. Right. But based on the fact that the Bruin case came out and right after that, came out the, um, the EPA versus West Virginia about government overreach of letter organizations, which is smack dab into the wheelhouse of the ATF. Um, I believe that, that we're going to see lawsuits for the next couple of years, but it is going to be positive impacts to second amendment folks like they have never seen before.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. But, you know, so what do you do? Join the NRA It's probably
5: a good start.
6: Join the NRA. Make a donation to, to Firearms Policy Coalition. Right. Um, join Second Amendment Foundation. I mean, I'm a life member right. of both the NRA and, fire and uh, SAF.
1: Yeah, and that's, and you know, I, as much as we all hate to say it, money is power. And, and unless you can get money behind these programs, then the other side's gonna win. Or whatever side you're up against is you know, going after a bill that you want or don't want, you know, you have to support either the people or the cause or the or the organization or it's all gonna go away.
6: it takes millions of dollars to I get know. to the Supreme Court level. Millions.
1: Isn't that insane? It is. That just doesn't seem American to me. I
6: mean well when you look at and it took like Heller, the Heller decision took thirteen years to work its way through the courts. That j-
1: you know what if if this was my if this was my company he would those people would be fired they're about they're terrible i mean they have a terrible efficiency rate
6: right i i am with you and i mean and then when you looked at the fact that when the supreme court took this Bruin case the year before they had stacked up a whole stack of second amendment cases that each one, look at it, that they had spent a million dollars to get to that place. They were in this stack at the Supreme Court, and then the Supreme Court was like, yeah, no. <laughs> and, they, and they just pushed them all off into the trash can. And so Into the trash was, can? Well, they just sent them all back or said yeah, they're, not, they're yeah. not listening to them or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, legitimately, it was in the trash can. It didn't go any further.
1: There's nine more people I just fired. I mean, get with the program, people.
6: Right, Uh, but the Supreme Court can only hear so many cases. I I get that.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd like to see their time card. (laughs) I'd like to see how much time they really Really. spend. Yeah, come on. Nice people, nice people. Yeah, I'd go to brunch uh, with them. But I don't see a time card. I don't see a report. uh, lifetime appointment. Would you want to see a little progress
6: report? I don't know. So is it? But is their job to work or their job to think? Well, there's
1: that too. There's you know, that too.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You and I couldn't be shouldn't be on radio together because see we think way 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 too much, and that's dangerous. Hey, you going to stick with us for uh, another segment? Sure. All right, folks. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six 1, AM eleven seventy.
2: The answer.
1: The Gun Owners Radio, where the show off-air is always funnier. FM 961 AM 1170.
2: The answer.
1: Hey, do you have trouble uh, fitting <laughs> in workouts? Can't say that without laughing. My busy schedule? Yeah, you got to try Leo Fit. I'm telling you. Leo Fit is super high-tech gym that delivers the benefit of three to six hours of traditional stretch training in just two 20-minute sessions a week. Yes, that sounds hard to believe, but because the machines are computer controlled, they deliver the maximum weight you can safely handle in by the seconds, and that's how you get the highest possible return on your fitness investment in time. I know, I know, you just need to go down see Leo Hamill. You know, he's the jewelry guy of fame, and and Leo Fit guarantees the metal metal bottle. I'm never could say that word. Strength, fitness, and every session, you will not understand how it works until you try it. So just go down there and ask. They'll be more than happy to hook you up. You can sign up on the website if you like, leofitlabs.com, or you can type in leofit on your browser, and, and they'll get you some more information. But give it a shot. Can't say no till you try it. All right, we got Amanda back. Hey, Amanda. Are you there, my dear? Yes. There we go. All right, so now I have to go to page 37 to know who you are
3: Subsection again. two. <laughs> All right, Amanda, right, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. All right, so how do you see the NRA after the years of infighting with Wayne?
6: You know, that's, that's the thing that is, that is amazing. Um, and because when you talk to the rank-and-file NRA members, they don't, they don't know this infighting is happening. When you talk to the kind of the industry people, they're like, "Well, what's going on with this?" You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. And so people are like, "Well, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to go in there, and how are you going to change it?" And it's like, you know, the first thing that I'm going to do is gather information. And I can only assume that stuff that is known to the board is different than the stuff that is known to the public. Sure, I would hope so. And, and so it will be, there will be a variety of data gathering before decisions are made or promises are made or whatever. But when you look at it, Wayne LaPierre brings in a million dollars a day, wow. primarily in in the fundraising. So how do you replace that? What do you do to, to replace that? Yeah. In, you know, I think that there's decisions that have been made that should have been made slightly differently. Let's look at, let's look at the museum. Um, as I understand it, once again, want to dig deeper, the museum is an asset of the NRA and not protected like a museum, like the Cody Museum or any of those kinds of things. Mm. And so I think that that would be, that's one of the reasons why the, you watch the NRA and this Legal case against um, in New York with Letitia James. Part of that fight is that if they disband the NRA, which is what the New York State Attorney General wants to do, if they disband the 501c3, then all the assets of the NRA go to like-minded, and I'm doing air quotes, (laughs) like-minded organizations. So, the NRA touts itself as a gun safety organization, as does Every Time for Gun Safety, the Giffords organization, Moms Demand Action. How many gun owners would find it 100% unpalatable that the NRA walks away from the 501c3 and its assets in New York to reorganize somewhere else and allows the Giffords organization to have one Dime, mm. of the NRA's money.
3: It's mm. a really interesting uh, point of view there. Yeah, I thought about that.
1: Well, you, you never know, you know, when these things, you know, get rolling. You know, when it gets between the two parties, mm-hmm. you Great. know, and, and their course they're waiting for comment. So I, I guess that's a good time since I've done it three times this today out of 6 hours. And that's <laughs> to call your your local representatives and, and let them know you know what your feelings are.
5: Right? Great. Right.
1: I, I just found Governor Newsom, which is our our governor in California.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I got his office number cuz we're trying to there's a racetrack that's the other show I do. And they're trying to take all the parking out of it with this goofy, you know, and it's on. It's going on to the governor's desk. So I called every day at five o'clock and told him, "Please don't do that." Gave don't gave do it. Yeah. But I think, I know we're all f- working ourselves to death to get. I think we got to figure out a way to do that better to let people know. Because until I don't know two weeks ago, I didn't even know the governor's phone number. I probably could have found it, you know, but I would have never been able to go directly to his office.
5: To
6: know what it was, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things about calling your, like your, your congressman mm-hmm. and your senators is if you really want, for every call that you make, every email that you send, they assume that that there's a hundred people who think like you, right? Okay, so doing it every day is is a good move because now it's that it doesn't matter. Don't don't sit and write. War and Peace in an email no. because they're going to read the first paragraph. Right. So tell them what you think and move on. And right? be polite exactly. and be
1: professional. You don't call them exactly. up and tell them all about their ancestry. Right. You,
6: you, right, exactly. You know, and when you call them a name, you know, you, you cheesehead. You, you know, right. it's it's like okay, they're even if they were inclined to listen to you, yeah. they're now not exactly
1: that disqualifies you immediately. And I think yeah. if it's a if it's a bill. I think it's just helpful if you call them and say, "Look, on SB 234, I mm-hmm. really yep. hope you look at it and, mm-hmm. and throw it out." But if you right. give them the bill now, if it's just your opinion that hey, the freeway on I five has a chuck hole that two cars fell into, that's a different story. But if you want, if you're talking about a bill or something that's going to end up on his desk, I think that's the best way to do
6: it. Well, the other part is is that for your senators and your your congressmen. Is look at it. They have multiple offices. Yes. You can call every office. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. So now you're three hundred or four hundred yeah. voters per day.
5: Yeah. Right.
6: Well, I like, so, that.
1: and there's no way they can check it.
6: Well, no, and so you care enough to call. That's right. I mean, yeah. So I'll tell you, I um, my congressman voted for this last anti-gun bill that just, that went. And the president signed, and he did it because, in his words, that it was because there's the mental health portion on there. Um, he knows he knows what I think to the point where a conversation is like, "Well, I'm sorry I disappointed you." Okay, I, you know, so we can have a civil conversation yeah. about it, and then um, and then it's like, okay, so here's how we recover from this, you know. If there is if there's work on mental health, then what about um, Faster Saves Lives or one of the organizations that that helps um, protect, protect schools, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so so there's those conversations. So I'm part of the DC project. We're actually going to DC Tuesday mm-hmm. and talking talking face to face with our representatives about Second Amendment bills and what we think and why. We need their support.
1: That's that's exactly what you need to do, or mm-hmm. groups need to do. How hard is that to, to make happen?
6: Well, um, it's taken us, a, I mean, we've done it every year, but it's taken us about, the DC Project is about Seven, maybe eight years old yeah
1: I thought I was thinking it's getting up there a little bit but.
6: yeah so the first year there was like a dozen of us mm-hmm. and then this year there is I think there's a representative from like 48 of the 50 states
1: so, so it just it in really case has grown just but, in just in case somebody didn't call in earlier mm-hmm. you want to just do you got about I don't know five minutes you want to do a rundown of what is the DC project what's its mission statement and why is it you know, why is it doing what it's doing and growing so well?
6: Well, the, okay, so the, the website is dcproject.info, and it's women for gun rights is really the, the heart of it, and it is about education, not legislation, when it comes to the Second Amendment. And so it is women from every state that is, it is, it is non... Um, I want to say non-denominational, but that's not really the word. So it is nonpartisan. So it is a nonpartisan issue organization. So it is about the Second Amendment. It is not about Republicans or Democrats, right. liberals or not. It it is about the Second Amendment, and so we go and have relationships, have conversations, build relationships, talk to our representatives about why the Second Amendment is important. We talk about the fact that it allows us to be our own first responder. We talk about the fact that the bad guy is typically bigger, stronger, faster than we are, and a firearm is is levels the playing field, if you will. Um, we talk about how we're firearms instructors, or and what we want them to see is when they talk about the Second Amendment that it is no longer just big furly bearded guys in plaid shirts that are going hunting, right? <laughs> it, it has, you know, it has way more to it. So when you show up in a business suit and heels saying, I'm a firearms instructor or I just came from a class or one of the girls just went to sniper school, right? Um, I'm going to gun next month, you know? It's just, it's all about, saying that there's multiple reasons why we defend the Second Amendment, and they're all important. Every single reason is important. And we have gals who have had horrific things happen to them, mm-hmm. and they will be like, I carry a gun, so it never happens again. Wow.
1: You know, you know what's interesting about, actually, your group and, and women in general? You know, just doing this show for as long as I've been doing it and talking to women out in the field or at the range or what have you, when you talk to them about it, I mean, they're like, they're ravenous. They're ravenous. I mean, you talk to a guy, you know, okay, he might want to get a gun or, you know, what have you. But girls and women, they just, man, they get a hold of it. They're trained in three weeks. They got more, you know, shots down range than 10 guys. Is it me, or, or is that the general consensus of when you get the, I guess you could call it the bug?
3: They do their research. They know what they want.
1: Well, there's that. Well, yeah, guys just don't even read the owner's manual, okay? So, I, you know, that's probably <laughs> a lot more truth than meets the eye. I mean, Alicia, how long did, when you got the bug, how long did it take you to just about not be right where you wanted to be, but, you know, as far as getting it set up and ready to go?
3: Well, there's different layers to that. That's a really complicated I question. I saying, it's, I'm, I I'm still that. growing. I'm still growing but I'm just saying it was quick you got bit correct
1: and next thing you know next Monday you were shopping absolutely see that's a better way to explain it don't you think so Amanda
6: yeah no I think I think that's legit all right
1: well hey the music's on you burned up another half the show you are so good how do people follow you around
6: so um you can find me on Facebook Amanda Suffolk or I on the target radio dot com
1: all right kiddo all right folks don't go anywhere we come back We're going to have some more fun for you right here on FM 96.1 AM
2: 1170. The answer.
1: Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170.
2: The answer. Want to hear the best belt joke? Sure. Did you know what Orin's belt is? No, I don't. It's just a big waste of space.
3: Hmm. Sorry, Jackson, that joke only gets three stars.
5: Yeah. Come on, yeah.
1: Orion yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. I love Orion. We'll have to to show you Orion tonight before you go to bed. Does your mother know where it's at? Thank God. Hey, folks, Gun Prom is coming up in the Inland Empire. Get your dresses and suits out. I don't know, I'd go in casual clothes. But don't dust them off in those dancing shoes and get ready to celebrate and support the Second Amendment. Join us with other Second Amendment supporters on November the 12th, 2022 at March Air Force Base. Their museum, ooh, that'll be cool, right there in Riverside. Celebrate the delicious food, drinks, and dancing. Don't miss your chance to win some amazing prizes and support the Second Amendment at the same time. Get your tickets now at gunprom.com. So, Alicia Curtin is going to do a gear review. And today, uh, you want me to shoot it? I can shoot it while you're talking. That would be great. Okay, that way it'll save everybody freaking out. What are we doing? Oh, now, talk about getting ready. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, I happen to have a couple of these uh, uh, core essential gun belts. And I got to tell you, these things are you know, definitely, definitely worth the investment. And they're local. And that's kind of the cool thing about it. it's a uh, family owned and operated. That's ah, kind of cool. They send it to you and you can trim the belts as you please. I'm lazy. So I just <laughs> went down and told them. I said, dude, fit me up, man. Fit me up. And so Alicia's got the belt. I'm going to come over. And, uh, yeah, I think I can stay hooked up. All right, so what do you got there, kid?
3: All right, well, so, you know, if you are a true gun tactical enthusiast, you probably already know about this. You probably already have one. However, some kind of more speaking to, uh, you know, your concealed carry, your your more um, conservative, just casual shooters. Um, There is a great belt system made by a company called Core Essentials. That's Core with a K. And they make a belt that if you ever have a need to holster a carry-a-farm on your belt, um, it's just a great option. Uh, they they have different options that are gonna run from you know a, a gun range battle belt, all the way up to a fashion belt. It has a, um, a really firm, solid core, so you get that rigid belt. They even make the fashion ones that uh, look like your standard suit belts that you can wear that are just fashionable and everyday. What's that? So it, you know, here's the, here's the really cool thing about it. So it has a ratcheting system on the inside of the belt, so it's it's in, it's adjustable to the point to where you know if you ever had a buckle to where you you uh, fasten your belt and one one belt point is going to be too tight, the next one is too big. Okay, this one has a ratchet system to where you make small increment of um, measurements of tightness, and you can, what's kind of neat is you can even start the day with the belt on at one point after you have lunch.
1: Pull it. Show us how it works.
3: All right. All right, so the belt, obviously ratchet system, you're going to place it where you need. If you need to loosen it, it has these tiny increments. You simply have a toggle here. You're going to press this, and then it allows the ratchet system to release. Flip it this way. Releases to where you can loosen your belt one little click at a time. So it's not uncommon for me after lunch to go and use this little guy. (laughs) So this is,
1: I guess I'm... I guess I don't use this word anymore, but these are like unisex. Men or women can wear them. You know,
3: if you look at the website, they do label them as a men's belt. However, yeah, I, I think mean, that's bad marketing.
1: Well, <laughs> I knew you were going to say yeah, that. I, but uh, the fact of the matter is, it is it is a really good belt. I have, I have two of them myself. And the other thing is unique is that they come with a little hanger. They do. That you can put up in your closet and then just take the ratchet end, or not the right, but the head... And it uh, clicks right in.
3: It does. And this, one, this one's brand new. I have not bought this, or I'm sorry, cut this one yet. Um, the, the size adjustments go as it's basically kind of like a one size fits most, goes up to 54 inches. And then you trim it down to the size that you need. You reattach the buckle after you've made that cut. What's kind of nice is my husband and I on occasion will share each other's belts. A one belt works for the both of us because it's, <laughs> it's that adjustable. Now
1: there's a I tip know. for you, folks. Well, and, and like I said, I I actually went down to where they're made. I think they're in Santee, if I'm not mistaken, or something of that effect. And uh, it was cool, but I talked them into cutting my belt. Oh, I know. So high maintenance. I know, high maintenance. Super. Did high you maintenance.
3: know that the buckles are interchangeable. It So that yeah. it comes with a standard buckle, but you can actually can change that out if that doesn't fit or suit your needs.
1: And the customer service there is really really good. I mean, oh. <laughs> Nothing major. Let's try this one. How's that? <laughs> That's much better. Are you better. back on? on i But I I like their customer service. So you can go down, walk inside. Here it is. Walk inside, and you can actually see how the belts are made. And I think they even do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they'll do custom buckles for you if you have yeah. a, like say you have a group of people or a club or maybe you just want your initial on it. Don't they do that?
3: I believe so. I've seen people with custom belts. I don't know if, or buckles, I'm not sure if they did themselves or if Core did. Yeah. So that would make sense.
1: Well, if, if Core doesn't, they should. They know who did.
3: <laughs> so the belts, just so you're aware, yeah. if you're looking for a weight bearing belt, their different belt systems go anywhere from four up to 20 pounds. So if you've got a heavy rig, you've got a lot of equipment, they do have belts that accommodate up to 20 pounds.
1: And that's the benefit of this why this belt is as stiff as it is. Correct. So that what other equipment you're attaching, to a normal leather belt or a nylon belt, it's going to be really uncomfortable.
3: Well, they do make a leather version, just so you know. It has that it has yeah. that stiff, sturdy inner core that gives you the same support. This right. one here is the one and a half inch that you were showing on camera. I'm currently wearing the two inch, so they do have uh, different thicknesses as well. Okay, yes, sir.
2: I just wanted to say that these belts are really great. In fact, I use one for range day. I like it. They
1: have one for a little short guy like you.
2: We just have to tighten it really tight.
1: (laughs) Jeez. And a lot of duct tape, I bet, huh? Just like a race car.
2: Yeah, you're telling me.
1: Yeah. Or your flap is out there in the wind, right? Well, at least it'll keep you upright. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, gosh, you have them. You have them and I have them. There you go. That's awesome. Well, you know, I hate the the belt with the hole that you have to stick in. That's what
3: I'm talking about. Don't do it. I hate those Mm -hmm. things.
1: Because, you know, one minute is too tight, next minute is too loose. And have you ever noticed how when you get up in the morning and you put on a brand new clean pair of Levi's or, or <laughs> jeans and say, you know, I don't think I'm going to wear a belt today. And then by noon, they're around your ankle. Have you ever noticed
2: that? Uh, sometimes, actually.
1: Yeah. Doesn't that drive you crazy? Because, you know, then you have to constantly adjust it. And what's a better belt? A core. All you got to do... One one notch and they're they're still on your rear end instead of on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So what what else you been up to? Are you filming me?
2: No. Okay, I'm just checking.
1: <laughs> well, you kind of look like a movie director. So you got that hat.
2: He's ready.
1: Hey, you got a new patch. Where'd you get that? Do you have to take the it off patch. and look?
3: He's not sure which one he does. You don't
1: know. Ah, you don't know which one well, it is. T- <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> well he's taken up really quick the price point for these belts oh yeah well, i forgot it, we, so it do, it, we just a little bit's bit, okay so it does range generally there's 60 to 70 bucks per belt just depends on the size the style that you're getting where you acquire it from but it's in that ballpark and they do have a 30-day satisfaction uh, guarantee and yeah. then they have a one-year defect warranty as well
1: you could probably get one for five dollars as short as you are right yeah <laughs> funny joke huh all right so what's with the patch what is that
2: so it's a a drawing that I did.
1: And you got to put on a patch? Yep. Boy, you're a pretty high dollar. You got your own machine? No. Oh, your mother just got a checkbook, on. Huh? I know how that yeah. rolls. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, Onesie, twosies? Uh, or do you have to get 27 of them? I'll more if you do it that oh, way. Oh, you have to get 27. So, so that's when I see you on the front of your house with a table <laughs> and you're selling extra patches. Well, you use them for giveaway. I mean, for promotions, yeah, you'll have to get in line, and maybe and Jackson will uh, slip you one. All right, so did you talk to the folks at Core?
3: I have. You, did, not. did you
1: see if you could beat them up for a discount?
3: I, you know, I did not. You know, what? do this just
1: just tell everybody ten percent discount. Just mention Gun <laughs> Owners Radio.
3: You know, if you go onto their website, they actually do just like everything else. <laughs> you go it. on the website, you give them your email, they do give you a ten percent off. Are code. you
1: sure you're not a lawyer?
3: Um. I didn't go to school for that. You already got me. You're
1: already trying to lock me down so I can't I give away stuff. Nice. I used to do that all the time. I'd give away stuff. I had a show one time. A guy didn't think anybody was listening. So I said, anybody called in the next hour, got a free pizza.
3: How many calls did you get?
1: Well, I almost lost my job. They told me I had. To, I wanted me to pay for the pizzas. And I go, they're listening to my show. What are you doing? Get away from me. So anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I I do like the product, and you know, have you do you know it's locally made? Did you know that?
3: I did not. Yeah. If I would have known that, I would have gone by.
1: It's right off, of, you know, where uh, Drew Ford is. I do. Okay. Well, you know how that goofy street you take to go, you know, like you're gonna.
3: I live right there. Oh, you do. I do. Oh,
1: well, I'll get you the address. <laughs> it's all tucked back in the back, but it's a nice, nice place. Okay,
3: that's well, good to know. Just right. swing by.
1: So. What do you got on the on the list as far as more testing down the road? Are you still looking?
3: You know, I think next week I'm debating. There's two different holsters I'd like to do. I'm debating which yeah, I one. I'm you gonna do gonna next
1: week, thought you're going to do a holster, week. but you. You, you know, I'm me. building
3: the pieces. We do the belt. Next week we'll do uh, the holster. There
1: you go again. I actually have
3: two holsters. One actually has a a backing system on it that I like. I'm just debating: do I do that one first, or do I do that one second?
1: You so. know, you kind of might want. You know, you know where I'd like to see you go with that. What's that? Because nobody that I know have ever talked about it in footwear. When you go to the range, yeah. What should you wear? I mean, I mean, add well, a, like a at te- a
3: minimum, close-toed shoes, please. Well, of course. Otherwise, well, yeah. you know what they do? A lot of rangers will give you these really fashionable socks. <laughs> I they look great with your
1: flip-flops. But, but I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, you know, because you're standing yeah. up for an awful long time.
3: You to, can be absolutely.
1: So you might as well, you know. So that'd be a good. I'll give you an opportunity to go out and contact the manufacturer right. and have them get some get some shoes and see what makes I'll you do happy. It. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170.
2: The answer...
1: folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. One more hour, call your friends. This is on FM 96.1 AM 1170.
2: The answer. Hey,
1: Shorty, did you realize we're on episode 318?
2: Uh, no, but...
1: Do you know how many weekends that is? 318. That's a lot, huh? Yeah, you I think the number's off, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, you're a ton
5: all right.
3: <laughs> so the deliberative process privilege exempts from disclosure materials that would expose the decision making process that's what Bonta's response to San Diego County Gun Owners Public Records Act request to release all messages on doxing California CCW holders stated this is your public servant telling you that he doesn't have to explain how they exposed your private information
1: So what I was just going to say who wrote yeah. this Because if that's true, hmm. Hey, folks, a lot of companies are frustrated with their website. And if it looks old, out of date, and just doesn't get any customers, they're right. Well, SageTree gets it. They've been doing this since 2005. SageTree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact SageTree today to get a website that makes the phones ring getting started is easy call 866-728-9100 that's 866-728-9100 hey let's get that website fixed today all right alicia you were kind enough to to translate some links we got and they're not new this is just kind of a newsy section right here folks but you know not of them are you know a lot of news but there was a couple of updates and the one was
3: so, you know, Mike's talked a lot about the last few weeks about the whole the doxing. So the release of the, the CCW holders' private information. So there's not a huge update. However, there's just there's some little steps that I'd like to update you on just to kind of keep you guys all informed. Uh, so the Senua County gun owners uh, gave it, <laughs> wrote a letter to Gavin Newsom uh, recommending that the state publish all security controls and protocols relevant to information on gun owners and CCW holders. In addition, all personal information that is stored digitally should be completely disconnected from any pathway to the internet. So the response from the, the offices that be have been minimal to none. So unfortunately to date, nobody in Sacramento has responded directly to San Diego County Gunner's call for a third party investigation. Bonta, a Democrat running for election in November, is not interested in protecting the privacy rights of owners in California. Bonta's past language of blaming law-abiding gun owners for society's ills means that he cannot be trusted. No, none of this is new to us. Right. I just wanted to make sure to kind of keep you guys keep, updated. I know that we will have more coming.
5: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: keep it in the loop. I mean, it's 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 just crazy. I mean, we're we're, you know, we're, we're, they're just constantly working as hard as they can. And my fear is that they're not going to even listen to the courts. No.
3: You know.
1: Why that, would they? Yeah, I I know, but that's not why start now. That's not the way. I mean, it's just, and then at that point, then where do you go? What's your next step? You know, if you can't get your politicians, you know, to do what you ask them to do, you know, it could be a real, real challenge. And the problem it is, it's like eating an elephant. They're doing it a little teeny bit at a time. You eat, you eat elephant, don't you, Jackson? No. Cookies? <laughs> elephant cookies? Nope. Not even an elephant cookie with the, with the pink cream on it and the spreckles? Hey, nope. Man, get out of the house, dude. They're tasty. You got to try one. But anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> um... Can you imagine what what California and our gun situation will be when he becomes 21? That's why we got to work harder, not smarter. Absolutely. <laughs> no, actually work smarter, not harder. Either way, we've got to do something because it's it's it, that's really what what it's all about. You heard any numbers on CCWs? I know there are people I know of. It's just no, it's crazy. They're they're going in 5, 6 at a time. And getting processed within minutes
3: oh they're moving people through quick Pooh, absolutely i know it's,
1: it's in it's insane you know i don't know if you know if what the if there's a backlog you know one way or the other but geez louise so that side of it's good but i'm telling you folks you got to go to san diego county gunowners.org and sign up get on the mailing list and if you need to call any of your uh, politicians, which we highly recommend you do, you know we were had uh, we were calling the governor in our first hour, mm-hmm. and the mailbox is full.
3: I don't not surprising. You got to call first thing in the morning, and then to the close of the day. I called
1: Wednesday. last week every day. I called to complain about what they're trying to do to Paris Auto Speedway, and and I and I did this in the last show, or maybe I even did it. In the, yeah, I did it in the last hour when we were talking to our guest. Is get the bill number if it's a bill, make sure or get the correct title of it. Mm-hmm. Be polite, be short, be sweet. Either say yes or no, and then hang up. And the more you do it, the more uh, the more they'll, they'll. I don't believe in the government all that much, but this is one thing I do. They, I think I, I believe that they do, and that's you know track and scan you know media, social media, emails. I mean, do you ever call?
3: Not often, not as often as I should.
1: Right, and you know once and the thing, the thing that's the thing is so cool is if you put it in your phone and speed dialed it.
3: So I easy. I don't know. So just, easy.
1: But and that's and that's the problem. You know, it's, it seems like the the right side of the, the the kind of the lazy side. You know. Well, we're just cruising. way to make it happen. Yeah, we're just cruising, but we just got to work harder.
3: You know, I just looked up really quickly the current number of CCW holders in Sydney County. Any guesses to where we're at? Six thousand. Over six thousand.
1: Got it, six thousand last we month. Are, yeah. Shooter ready.
3: We are, we are at six thousand nine hundred and five. Wow. Currently,
1: Brendan, don't do that on radio. What are you out of your mind? Thought Mike was coming in on us. And by the way, if you notice, folks, Mister Schwartz is not on tonight. And of course, did he let uh, us know? No. So it's been a fun show. So it might be a tad disjointed.
3: Party while dad's away.
1: Yeah, party when dad's away. We have a mother that won't talk to us. And she's sitting over there and smoking her phone with snippets that she thinks will get her put in jail. So we we won't have her on. Action Jackson, he's building a fort, so he hasn't got time. His dog's asleep. But that's okay. We're having fun. Um... Can you think of any other? So bit?
3: what you, I actually want to tie into the whole CCW um, conversation. So I know that you've all heard about the mass, uh, the stabbing up in Canada. I also have a story out of Texas. I'd like to kind of talk about too. Sure. So Canada, so Canada does not, Canada's trying to take away the guns. There was this mass stabbing up in Canada, a fatal mass stabbing. We know that uh, as of, so we had 10 dead and different articles, depending on where you're looking at, are going to report either 15, anywhere from 13 to 18 injured, uh, depends on which article you're With reading. a knife. With a, with a knife. Two two brothers with a knife.
1: Jeez. Oh, they went out on a rampage. They did. And just So
3: um one of them, one of them did not survive. And the other was um was able to get away. Oh. Um and <laughs>
1: They didn't even so, catch him?
3: Not initially. So here's the thing. If if you have this was in a very public place. Um you know, you have how many how how far do you think these gentlemen would have gotten? gentleman's loose term uh, what they would have gotten in a state that allowed of concealed carry uh, how how different would this outcome have been it
1: would have been over in one shot right uh because you don't bring a knife to a gunfight yeah right. I mean, yeah you just don't do it. but i'm just amazed at how many people well there goes to show you there was nobody nobody armed mm-hmm. but if you'd had a cease uh, you know a legal concealed carry permitted person that would have been over in maybe one shot and who knows how many you know, attempts. But wow, I had not heard about that yeah. one.
3: And the Canadian government—they're just—they are looking to disarm their people even further. Than well, sure, because that's right. what. Yeah. Right. Well, they're just
1: gonna just—they're gonna take your knives away mm-hmm. too. Pretty soon we're gonna be eating with a spoon.
3: You know what they gave me in the hospital when I was in there the other day? By Speaking of, the, of spoons, you
1: looked really cute in there too. By oh, the thank way.
3: you. Thank you. <laughs> they gave—they brought me a piece of wax-coated cardstock that I had to fold and kind of make into this little ravine to use as a spoon because they couldn't give actual utensils because not everybody there has good intentions with things that could be made into a shift
1: and you were masked I might add oh I was yes I thought you got arrested Seven Eleven again <laughs> can't let her go there folks I'm telling you alright well we bounce through that segment nice job actually When we come back, we got a whole lot more to talk about. In fact, we've got David Yamana, so I'm really looking forward to that interview. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy.
2: The answer.
1: Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. You never tell an old person anything. You text them. You're never, ever going to remember. Hey, this is Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.
2: Watt. Hey, 1170.
3: The answer. All right. So, Professor David Yamani has been researching the sociology of guns. We're talking with him more next.
1: But first, hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every single day. We're close to the ocean, the desert, the mountains. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. You can learn to fly in sunny San Diego right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is real easy. Call 858-569-1822 or learn to fly with SDFTI. But I'd call them at 858-569-1822. All right, well... That's Alicia, I see we have a special guest on the line.
3: We do. We have Professor David Imani. David, are you there?
1: I am here. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Our pleasure. All right. So Alicia, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, chat with, with him for just a moment.
3: All right. All right. Hey, David. So I hear that you are with the, with Gun Culture, Sociology of Guns, and non-traditional groups. I'm curious, how long has your Sociology of Gun groups uh, class been running?
7: Well, this uh so we just started the fall semester at Wake Forest University where I teach the class and uh this is the eighth academic year that I've taught the class. So I've taught it one semester every year for the past eight years.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna be the dummy in the room. What would I get if I took out the the, the college schedule and I found your class? What would be on the front page to entice me to come take your class?
7: Well, uh you know, I think just having the term guns in the title would be a big uh, inducement to taking the class for you, but it's also, you know, a very big inducement for a lot of our students, you know, many of whom don't have any direct uh, involvement in gun culture, but, you know, are really aware that guns are are a pretty spectacular presence in American society, you know, for many good reasons and some bad reasons, so... Now that's the the kind of students who I get taking the course or people who are you know, they're just interested in guns, and they're interested in trying to understand the better and most often don't have any background in guns or gun culture.
1: Gotcha.
3: So where are these classes happening at?
7: So I teach at Wake Forest University. It's in Winston, Salem, North Carolina. It's a private university, about five thousand students, part of the Atlantic Coast Conference. So if you're a basketball fan or increasingly a football fan you may have heard of it.
3: <laughs> are, they, are they all in person or are, they on the, are any of them available online?
7: Uh, course is taught uh, just in person for students who are enrolled at the university. Uh, we A lot of people ask me about possibly taking the course uh, but it hasn't really panned out. I think a lot of people are interested in taking the course free uh so when they say oh well, i'd love to take your course and they say well let's talk about you know what that would cost they're like oh well we'll be so interested anymore you know people are so used to getting uh, content free these days that you know when the, the idea of paying tuition comes up it can be kind of a conversation stopper
1: right so you know when I, I used to teach at the college as well and it was a it was a pay class just kind of like what you're you're you know you're going to and I always like to track how many came in and didn't know what it was doing and how many left. Did, did, you a, did you see? Yeah, I know. It's like, what do you mean? You didn't read the you know the schedule? You didn't see what this was about? This is not a cooking show, you know. Do you run into that very much or are, they, are these people pretty savvy?
7: Yeah, these are these students are pretty savvy. It's a pretty selective university. And so, you know, the student, students all come from pretty solid uh, backgrounds. But, uh, you know, one thing that, is sort of different, I think, about this class compared to other classes on guns that are taught at the university level at least, is that I require the students to go to the gun range at the very beginning of the class.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
7: we can talk more about that if you're interested, but I, so because of that, all the students have to have a specific uh, permission from me to enroll in the course. So I don't get a ton of students dropping because they kind of know what they're they're interested in guns, and they also know what, what they're getting themselves into.
1: Right. Well, you're pre-screening them before you go through the whole, you know, start of a program, and then they go, well, when's lunch? You know, that's, okay, this is the wrong class for you.
7: <laughs> yeah. Well, this uh, this is not typically a problem that we, we have, although sometimes the students are out to lunch, even when they're enrolled in the class. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, I uh, I don't I don't you know I don't screen them for their views about guns yeah, or their past yeah. experience or anything. I just want them to know at the start like look this this course is is going to take in all different aspects of guns. It's right. not just going to look at gun violence or criminology or that those sorts of approaches and you don't have to shoot when you go to the range, but you have to go to the range field trip just so you can see firsthand what guns are about. Yeah. And that really sets the uh, know foundation for the class going forward because uh uh, again especially most of the students have very no experience or Mm -hmm. very limited experience with guns
1: well you know they're kids hey joshua shot a gun hey maybe i'll go shoot a gun and then it just kind of goes down the do you who do you see the most excited to shoot the girls or the boys
7: well this, this uh the class tends to have more women than men in it but the, and the men tend to have a bit more experience with guns but i think the, the people who are the most excited about it are are the people who don't have an experience at all so you know this last this semester i have 16 students in the class 11 of them had never shot a gun before and you know, so they were understandably extremely nervous going in. Right. Uh, which I, you know, I said that's that's a totally appropriate emotion to have when you're dealing with firearms, and you don't know what you're doing. So you know, just do a very gradual introduction. We shoot a 22 uh, pistol, and we shoot a 9 millimeter pistol, and we end up shooting a AR-style rifle. Uh, and all of the 16 students shot all three of those guns, including the 11 students who had never shot before. Wow. Uh, you know it was a pretty profound experience for for a lot of them
1: well it's it's funny we were talking to a a guest earlier and i and i just it was an observation. wasn't she a psychologist amanda yeah uh board uh she was something else too i thought but anyway so i just asked her because from what i've seen and maybe you can address this but when women get guns and, and get trained they are way more excited than guys I mean, they just take it so much. Like Amanda was or Alicia was telling me, "What'd you say? You 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 were you shot, and you were almost ready to roll in a week."
7: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Do you see that the yeah. when women yeah. jump onto it quicker than guys? It's just an observation.
7: I think there's, there's there's a sort of an expectation I think in a lot of places that that guys know how to do certain things. It's a cheese moment. And you're not supposed to get excited about doing things that guys are supposed to know how to do. So, uh, actually, you know, I think in my class, because, you know, going in, a lot of the students don't have any uh, background, and I, everybody knows they don't have any background, but, you know, they are able to express some of those mm. emotions of, you know, fear, nervousness, and also excitement uh, more than they might at, a, at your local public range or gun shop. Interesting.
3: So hearing that so many of your students come into to your course without a whole lot little to none uh, gun experience, I'm curious do are there a whole lot of preconceptions or, mis- or just assumptions that they come in with that uh, you know that, that you that they relate to you I'm curious kind of what they come in with
7: Yeah I, you know I think that for for those that come with no experience with guns, they tend to have mostly negative preconceptions you know that that guns are Harmful, you know, this is these, these students tend to be traditional college age. They're 20, 21, 22 years old, and they're really uh, the kind of school shooting generation. You know, they were in elementary school when Sandy Hook happened. They were in high school when Parkland happened. And so that really heavily colors their understanding of what guns are all about. So they do when they end up having the opportunity to shoot and they find it exciting or challenging some of them, especially the women talk about feeling empowered or feeling powerful when they're shooting, you know, that they have to deal with that cognitive dissonance of, of having largely negative preconceptions going in, but realizing that they, that it wasn't a negative experience they were having at the range. So that's something that they have to, uh, you know, kind of come to terms with.
3: I love that. You know, and I, I hear that quite a bit as well. I I do private instruction and I do have a number of, of people that have come to me Um, you know, whether it be the current state of the world today, the rights that we've had locally here in San Diego, just the way that the, the way that the world is moving towards, they, they see a need to come in and get some training. They don't want it, but they feel that they need it just in case. And so a lot of people come to me and I imagine it, it sounds like it's about the same as what you're saying is that they come with a fear and with these, these preconceived ideas um, and they're having to push through that. And, and I do see that same, um, same thing happening on my end as well. So, you know, it's, it's it's very common, I believe.
7: Yeah, and I think you know a lot of the female students. I have them write a, a reflection paper after they visit the range, and a lot of the the female students will talk about you know I've never thought about being a gun owner before, but you know this is something that now maybe seems possible. I may you know, be living alone after I graduate from college. You know these sorts of considerations are probably exactly you know these are are the kinds of people that probably end up contacting you for instruction down the road.
3: Very likely, very likely. You know, I'm curious, what is what is the most ex- significant takeaway? You know, they go through this course, I, you know, a number of weeks, I would imagine maybe even months, I'm not sure how long your courses are, but what do you find is the greatest takeaway? Um, you know, you look at them at the beginning of the course and you see how they've grown in the progression. What is the biggest takeaway that you see them leave with at the end of the semester?
5: I think the, big,
7: the biggest takeaway that they have is that things things are more complex than they might seem. And actually, this is true for the students who come from, you know, really strong uh, gun backgrounds all the way to people who have none. You know, that they, the people who have no experience with guns realize that there are many positive uses that people have for guns. There's, there's you know, sport, there's hunting, there's tradition, uh, you know, obviously self-defense. Uh, And the people who, you know, are very comfortable or, you know, maybe even came out of a gun culture realize that there are reasons why there there are people in the United States who have reservations about guns, because they come from just a vastly different experience, that understanding. So, you know, I don't teach any particular line, I just teach Mm -hmm. that the world is more complex than any of us. All right, David.
1: Hey, Dave, can you hang with us for another segment? Yeah, sure. Happy to. All right. Let's have some. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Was he supposed to stay another one? I thought we were ahead of the game. Right here on Gun Owners Radio FM 961, AM
3: 1170. The
1: answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM
2: 1170. The answer.
1: All right. Hey, PRMI Mortgage. Well, I tell you what, primeres.com slash alpine. If you're looking to buy, refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. They make it easy. Work with a friendly expert. Team that will help you get the best deal on a mortgage. Call Chris Wiley at 619 722 1303 or slash Alpine. All right. We got David Yamani on the line, and he is a uh, coming to us today, and we're going to chat a little bit about uh, what we're we talking about? Sociology of guns. There you go. That's it. So continue on with your comment there, kid. I think
3: so- you had one. I, I, so to, uh, just by way of continuing what we were talking about in the last segment, I was just curious, are there any lessons that you, David, would you, you have? You, you normally are in a classroom with a, a set number of students. Well, you now have a radio program with, I don't know, I think we have 12 listeners. You know, you have, you have an, an audience that you otherwise don't have. And I'm curious, what are some lessons that you would like to share with like-minded in the gun community that you have the ear of today?
7: Yeah, well, I think, you know, a lot of the things that I... Try to convey to the, the students who I have who come from outside of gun culture for the most part are, you know, things like the fact that, that guns are normal and normal people use guns, uh, that self-defense is a very common uh, reason for gun ownership today, you know, things like that. So, you know, I, I assume your listeners are all on board with, with things like that, but you know, I think that for people who are sort of invested in guns, gun ownership, uh, you know, when you're dealing with people who are coming from outside of your reality, uh, you know, try to understand why they uh, have the particular understanding of guns that they do. Right. So, you know, don't treat them as if they're foolish, that don't treat them as if they're naive because, you know, these are students who have, reasons for believing what they believe about guns. It's a limited set of beliefs based on a limited set of experiences. But if you you approach them, you know, with an open mind and you might even say an open heart to try to, you know, explain to them why guns make sense to you, you're you're likely to to make more inroads than, you know, if you just, you know, get red in the face and, and yell and tell people, you know, that they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, so, you know, I think the the college setting is conducive to that kind of approach, but, you know, we can take that outside of, you know, college settings and have a little bit of of empathy and try to understand people who don't agree with us on on the gun issue. And I think that makes a lot more inroads and, you know, you can kind of try to win the hearts and minds of people, uh, even if they never become gun owners, they may become more sympathetic to, you know, the types of things that gun owners want
1: so now you see why we do this show i mean we're just you're doing it from one direction and we're trying to do it from another direction and just get people to look at both sides calm down look at both sides now we're not trying to convince you we just want to educate you
7: oh. and and through education you can you can do a lot of convincing you know, Yeah, people often people typically have to come to come to things you know on their own time and on their right. own terms and you know when i finish the class you know it's not like a student who began the class very anti-gun is pro-gun at the end of the class no. but they have a, a little bit of insight into why a pro-gun position makes sense right uh and and that you know i hope that they continue to educate themselves along those lines you know, as they as they grow older and um well it's know, almost like
1: being... it's almost like you're you're you're, you know, you're educating these kids about guns, and if they, at the end, they say, yeah, it's not for me, or it's for me, you've done your job. You've at least given them both sides of the story. And the last and most important thing is, when you go to the ballot box, at least you'll be intelligent enough to know about the gun industry and gun ownership that you'll make the right decision. Not an emotional decision, but the right decision. And I think that's a benefit from your from your class.
7: So. And, you know, honestly, I, d- I don't even pitch the class as being, you know, a pro-gun class. I'm no. just sort of pro-truth. And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, the the truth and understanding, you know, will, will lead people in, you know, the direction that makes most sense to them. And that if they have more understanding of something at the end of the semester, they're more likely to at least have the possibility of moving in that direction.
5: Yeah.
1: Do you ever wonder about going to class the first day of class in in boots, cowboy pants, and a rifle?
7: <laughs> I mean, just think
1: about it. Get the shirt, the hat. I mean the very first day, you'd have their attention for the rest of the semester. Just thought I'd throw that in there.
7: Well, let me tell you, you know, because before we even meet in a classroom, you know, as a as a class, we meet out at the range. Oh.
1: And,
7: you know, that that sort of Solidarity that we build uh, as a class, you know, out at the range really carries through for the rest of the semester. You know, I think that that well, students will always think of me as being the guy who
1: took me to a gun
7: range. How to use these guns, right? And uh, you know, even though you know, after every class after that, I'm there in my my shirt and my bow tie and my jacket. <laughs> uh, you know, there's still you know something about me is you know being the guy that's Showing right. them how to load a 30-round magazine into, a, into an AR and, you know, have them shooting that gun. You, know, you can imagine going from never having touched a gun before to, <laughs> you know, shooting 10 rounds of twenty two, ten 10 rounds of 9mm, and then, you know, straight to the rifle. Wow. And uh, it's very instructive for them, though. Like, even little things, you know, they, they shoot the, the 9mm, a Glock 17 from maybe 10 yards. You know they're all over the paper looks like a shotgun round mm-hmm. uh and then they they shoot the the ar from 25 uh yards with the red dot you know and they all have these tiny little groups uh and you know that that in itself is instructive for them mm-hmm. just understanding the the technology of the gun how much easier it is to shoot a rifle uh different sighting systems and so you know it's not anything that they're taking the class to learn but you know it's fun to introduce them to to some of those things
1: well those things may stick i mean you just never know where their lives will you know take them at least they have you know they have that knowledge you know that they can take take with you i think that's that sounds like a really cool class yeah do they does it stay full all uh, semester does it stay pretty full all semester
7: yeah, yeah, the class is always capped at 16 students. Uh, you know, I wow. get you know, 16 sign-up right away. I always have some on the, the waiting list. A couple people drop, but, it, you know, it's rarely.
5: Very it's, rare, it's, yeah.
7: The class, is in, the class is in in pretty high demand because I only teach it once a year. And, you know, I keep thinking, well, this is going to be the year when, when the students' interest in guns drop off. But, you know, if you imagine from 2015 to <sighs> today, no one's interest in guns have dropped off. Yeah. No.
1: If anything is increased,
7: it's increasing, yeah. right? But so, so is the awareness against... too.
1: I think the awareness is yeah. starting to get out there more and more, from both you know left and right. Yeah, you know, I don't care what side you're on, but you know, but you know, you, it, it, if it stirs up enough for you to dig into it and find out what's really going on. That's the key.
7: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that uh, these last couple years we've we've seen a lot of people getting into guns who either people never thought they would get into guns or they themselves never thought they would get into guns. And those people come from a huge range politically, economically, mm-hmm. demographically, every, every different way. And so that, that also challenges people's understanding. You know, it's, it's one thing if, you know, crazy Bob across the street, the gun, that it's another thing. If your next door neighbor who you really like, who, you know, is a trans woman, right. she's getting into guns. Right. And then you're like, well, now I can, I can hate Bob. I can't hate this person that I like, Yeah. you know, it's uh, it, that's a game changer in a lot of ways also.
1: Well, exactly. And heaven, heaven knows where this is all going to go. Um, since you are a teacher, are there any books out there that you recommend just for the general public that they should, you know, that they kind of gives you not, not exactly what you teach, but kind of a, a, a road to they could travel some publication or, or a book.
7: Oh man, that, that's a that's a tough question because there's you know <laughs> there's really no single great book about uh, guns in American society. But uh-huh. uh, I think one of the one of the best books that's very approachable and tells uh, the kind of recent history is uh, this book called Glock by Paul Barrett, who he's a he was a reporter. Uh, and he tells the story of the the you know, Glock as a company and how it came to develop its pistols, Mm
5: -hmm. but he
7: also sets it in the context of recent history, right? So all of those things that that people, you know, remembered at the time but have now forgotten, but like the idea that these plastic pistols would be able to pass through metal detectors, Mm -hmm. you know, then you have the the transition from police, you know, away from uh, more limited capacity guns toward, you know, these semi-automatic guns. You know, takes it all the way through the 90s with the assault weapons ban, which, was, you recall, is also a large capacity magazine ban, mm-hmm. uh, and in, into the 21st century. So, I, I really like uh, that book. I've read it two or three times, and uh, it's a it's a good story. And he's open minded. He's not a gun guy, but he's open minded, and you know, it's fun to read a story about a single thing, but it's really telling a much author story, so I'd, I'd recommend Paul Barrett's
1: book Clock. Okay, All right. my my uh, lovely assistant wrote it down, so we'll see if we can't get on. What I'd like to do is read it, and then have them come back, or have them call in, and we can talk about it. Okay. I learned a long time ago if you're going to interview an author, you darn sure better read his book because <laughs> it makes for a really <laughs> tough interview if you don't do it. Been there, done yeah. that. Well, and, and and you know, so how does this what 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 school are you at?
7: wake forest university
1: okay how, how have they accepted this uh this class i mean you're only doing it once a year
7: yeah yeah you know it's uh people people are often amazed that uh, I, I both teach the class and then also that they let me take the students to the gun range but yeah you know, i never really asked permission Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, i just thought you know this is an important part of you know, what I want to teach, and, you know, I think there's a lot of academic freedom that we have to teach, as, you know, as long as we're teaching legitimate material. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the there were times when, you know, the, the administration had uh, money that they would give faculty to take their students on field trips, and I got that money to take my students on these field trips to the to the gun store and the gun range. Wow. So, uh, if anybody objected to it I, they haven't told me directly, and so <laughs> and
1: you're still and, and you're do still it. doing it. Well, hey man, this I'm has been an awesome, awesome uh, interview. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day. I got a sneaky feeling we're going to be hunting you down down the road, see how things are going.
7: Yeah, absolutely, happy to talk to you. All right, buddy.
1: Anytime. All right, folks. This Take is care. Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six 1, AM eleven
2: seventy. The answer. Welcome back, you're
1: listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM
2: 1170. The
1: answer. Almost had a little whiplash there, huh? Thought you were going to eat that microphone.
2: (laughs) Nope.
1: Hey, attention, California residents, gun laws are changing across the country. The recent SCOTUS ruling affirms your right to carry a concealed firearm. So now, more than ever, it's critical you know your California gun laws. That's why the U.S. Concealed Carry Association exists to help keep responsibly Americans up to date with education and training. You can visit uscca.com GOR to learn more about California gun laws and getting your concealed carry permit. That's uscca.com GOR for the most up-to-date California gun law information. Act now. All right, we've got Michael's cousin, or er, nephew. Nephew. He's back on the East Coast, and he is our gun trivia expert. He's been doing this with us for quite some time. He's probably in a 90% rate as far as, you know, hitting the old uh, nail on the head. How you doing, bud? Pretty good. How are you guys? Well, your uncle just sort of went someplace and sort of forgot me, so I didn't know he's not here, and... Alicia found out yesterday, and Action Jackson was the only one that knew. But it's because he's sharp. So you got just us today. So we got a pretty interesting question, and we're going to see if Action Jackson can deliver. Hit it, son.
2: All right. John from San Diego asks, What was the first commercially produced 22 long rifle caliber pistol?
0: John from San Diego, thanks for writing in. Um, you know, I I often say that that there are a lot of questions where, uh, w- with most of these, I either just know it or I don't. And this one, I I pretty much don't at all. I'm what? going to guess. I'm.
1: His guesses are in the eighties. Uh,
0: you know, know. Mm. Th- This is. I'm I'm going to guess the uh Beretta 25, but I don't I don't think that's right. I want to I also want to say the Colt Woodsman, but I'm not sure.
1: What would you think of the Ruger Standard?
0: Um the, the Ruger Standard didn't come around until I want to say 1949, and I'm pretty sure there were 22 pistols before then.
1: Aha. <laughs> we got him. Good job, bud. You know, we'll have our we'll have our statistician go back and check, but you seemed way too, you know, positive that they didn't do that. So I'm going to go on your side on this one. Well, what what was the answer? Well, it said the Ruger Standard was the first commercially produced 22LR caliber pistol. Once the decision was made to enter the gun making business, uh, Sturm and Ruger set out to bring a, a brand new pistol to market. Ruger himself had. Already replicated two Japanese Nambu pistols, he had picked up from a returning uh, marine or from a returning marine at the end of World War II. After duplicating the pistols, the two business owners began working together on a new 22 long rifle caliber, designed later known as the Ruger Standard. Stumm and Ruger used the German Luger, 9 millimeter, and cali- an American Colt Woodsman as inspiration for the pistol. The Ruger Standard not only launched the company into a full-fledged business but also earned a place in history becoming the first commercially available 22 long rifle caliber pistol to hit consumer shelves.
0: Well, you you say you say he used the Colt Woodsman right. as inspiration. So does that mean that the Colt Woodsman was commercially produced before that or does it not was it was it not in full-scale production yet?
3: It was uh- 1949. Or- what was 1949, it? 1949 for the stand i was as you guys were speaking i was okay. looking at a little bit of research here so, so i have just, 1949
1: so look where the cult woodsman would be because i i see where you're going i mean how could he use it as a comparison you know unless it was ahead of him or in production as you mentioned and not you know ready for the public but where would he got you know where'd that inspiration come from
0: so i don't i don't Think the Colt Woodsman is the first. That was just a kind of a shot in the dark, if right. you will pardon the pun. Right. But <laughs> I like that. that I, I believe those were only ever in twenty-two LR, and I, I'm pretty sure they came before the, the Ruger Standard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Alicia's phone's smoking right
3: now. All right. So. so the Colt Woodsman was a semi-automatic sporting pistol. Fast as Google can get me there. A manufactured by the U.S. Colts Manufacturing Company from 1915 through 1977. It was designed by John Moses Browning.
0: Okay. So, okay, so it, it did come before, but we, we still don't know for sure what was the first. Right. Well, it, it was
1: assumed. I mean, I, I mean, I don't see a reason. That sounds more, the, was because what was the year on the... Uh,
3: 1949 was the standard.
1: And that one was the one before that. Was 19 change, right?
3: 1915.
1: Yeah, so wouldn't you think, Sam, mm-hmm. that the 1915 was ahead or what would cause it production? Not so to be, um, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm trying to read and think all at the same time. It's a little difficult. But however, so someone I'm finding is that the 22 short, I believe, I'm wondering if it, the long rifle portion is what's going to be
1: the kicker.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what it, what it sounds like on this one is that we'll have to do some background research yes. and Absolutely. reconvene next week.
1: Yeah, I I, t- I totally
0: agree.
3: I'm gonna give this point to Sam.
1: Oh, absolutely. Where's my Where's my point?
0: Well, don't don't give me the point because I didn't know the answer. but okay. Don't give Don't give the asker the uh, Denny's spaghetti because the <laughs> answer provided was also not correct.
4: Yeah, I I, tol- I totally agree. No, I really. It, not. It, now to a be draw. fair, this is from the NRA website. All, his mm-hmm. answer specifically, all of it's word for word from the NRA site. So. They they could possibly be onto something. Oh, like this, so, so somebody took
1: the answer from this question yes. off the NRA website. That's correct. All yes. right, Sam, how much do you trust the NRA website for technical information, age? Well, I don't know. What do you think?
0: I don't know because we, we, we found that the Colt Woodsman came yeah. first. As I said, we'll have to do... Some, uh, some background research yeah. and, and reconvene next week to, yeah. to make a decision. All
1: right. Oh, cool. Everything else going good?
0: Yeah, everything's fine. You know, same old, same old. I know.
1: Do any flying lately?
0: Not recently.
1: My buddy's, I think he's going to get his tail draggers next week.
0: Oh, good for him. Oh, I, I wa- hear that one, one. I that's a fun one.
1: I told him I would go. You need ballast? I'm here for you, buddy. All right. I'm gonna let you take off. Say hi to the family, and we'll definitely talk to you next week with updated information. Alicia will take care of that. I'll personally. figure it out. All right, buddy. All right, thanks.
0: Good. And John from San Diego, thanks for writing in. Yeah,
1: good job, brother. Good job. All right. Well, that was a fun show. What'd you think, kid? And she's still. I wasn't talking to her. Him. I'm. He's. Oh, you're talking to me. He's always rocking and rolling. He loves it. Built five pieces of pie. Made six little animals run around and jump on stuff. Right. Pretty much. By the way, if you put your hand up there, it means you have a question. Be careful with that. It's loaded. Uh, 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 uh. So, what do you think, Alicia? First time co-hosting all by yourself?
3: <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> kind of fun. It's rough. Huh? I'm ready for Mike to come back.
1: Waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait yeah, you wait till he gets back. He's I get thought
4: his. we had a pretty good show today, be. in all honesty. Oh, I, I learned a lot. We and, you know. the same
3: number of holes we came with. We good day. Did.
4: We had a lot of callers uh, earlier just asking about that whole credit card uh, situation and what gun owners can really do. So maybe we can come with that as a topic uh, next time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because it, it is a scary situation for gun owners out there knowing that the government's going to be watching you now from this point.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, it's bad enough you have to fill out enough paperwork to...
4: Right, isn't the background check just enough already? We have already, you know... No, it's I, never enough. I know, yeah, I know. We, we as gun owners we have compromised so many times that yeah. the more we compromise more and more the more they'll push on us but we more.
1: don't do anything
4: i know i know if they
1: when they dumped all that all that cc you know w information they're probably sitting there going oh oh look they're not even upset i mean they're yelling and they're hollering and they're on facebook right and they're not
4: doing anything back at yeah, us so they're we'll, not, we'll, yeah, yeah they're good. not picketing
1: us they're not burning to, trying to burn down our our cars so and that's and I'm not at, uh, deep, 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 not advocating violence. I'm not advocating that we do that. But they're they're not afraid of us. They're like the bully in the yard. You know you can't. I mean, you're not going to go up against the bully, are you? So I'm just going to give him my lunch money. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put an inner tube in between two pieces of bread and some lettuce and tomato. and They'll think it's baloney. <laughs> we should do that all the time. Oh, okay. well. Uh, inner tube, little FYI, used to be the same color as baloney. Like you ever, pinkish, yeah. And okay. if you ever had a doorknob that kept stealing your lunch, we'd load it up.
5: Oh, okay.
1: There were some of the things we'd put in, but like, it's a kid show, so we can't really yeah, yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you didn't say anything, Alicia? It was okay.
3: You know, so during during commercial breaks, uh, just what Brad <laughs> was bringing up, we were—I was licking it up. Just I was—I was in the same wavelength as as people calling it, and just being a little. uh Concerned and unhappy
1: oh, about that. Yeah, yeah. But how many? I mean, how many people come into Discount Gun
4: Mart with a bag of cash? Not often. And would that not flare up a light someplace? And they have no clue. How how many customers would you say actually do purchase a cr- with a credit card? Every one, ammunition? one of
3: them. Ninety nine percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That, yeah. yeah. See, yeah that's I mean,
1: another. yeah. So it's like double dipping. You know, you fill out all the... You know, any times I filled out the paperwork when I picked up that little gun, we went out the... unless it's mm-hmm. filled out. I don't know. Well, you know.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's like oh, buying, a, why buying I, a car. Yeah,
1: why am I looking mm-hmm. at you? You already do. You do this all the time. Well, not really. <laughs> you going shooting tomorrow?
3: Uh, actually, I will be. I'll be out at South Bay tomorrow. All right. So tomorrow's a and, South try. Bay. Uh, no, I'm always sewing tomorrow, so I'll okay. be there all day. Yeah? yeah, so if you come out to South Bay tomorrow, you'll see me there. Where's you know at? Uh, Zura? So South Bay Running Gun.
1: Okay, South Bay Rotten South Gun. South Bay Rotten Gun. Right. You know,
3: it's, it's out near the Pink Gate if you know where the Pink Gate is. It's not too far from there.
1: I have no idea, but what? I bet I could find it. No. I'd have to look. So, all right. Hey, folks, I want you to do me a favor. Subscribe to our shows and give us a five-star review. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. And when you have an opportunity, go to our sponsors and, and just grab the manager and just thank them, you know. And if you can... Join San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, Sage Tree, Leo Hamill Fine Jewelry, San Diego Flight Training International, and U.S. Concealed Carry Association. Big shout out to Alicia Curtin. She carried the ball today. Michael Schwartz is in the doghouse. Sam the Gunman did a great job. And Action Jackson darn near took over the show. And we always can thank Brendan Thomas for switching up the show as many times as he could just to keep us on edge. He's in serious trouble when I hang up. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1. AM
2: 1170. The answer.